Welcome to the No BS Short-Term Rental Podcast, an unfiltered look into the global vacation and short-term rental industry. I'm Mateo Bradford. And I'm John Stokinger. And this is our podcast. We bring the right people to the table at the right time, giving you an inside view and take on the short-term rental industry like no other podcast can. Hey, this is for all of our property manager friends of the podcast. Are you looking to add more properties this year? If so, you gotta check out Venturi. These guys are at the forefront of what they do. You should see them at conferences, pack presentations, their booths are slammed, and Brooke, their founder, is a huge fan and supporter of the pod. Venturi has built the first and only software and services platform designed specifically to help property managers recruit homeowners and add new inventory to their rental programs. John, these guys are awesome. They can help you pull lists of vacation rental homeowners in your area and then even market to them across multiple channels from landing pages to chatbots and so many more booking tools. Venturi is here to help you collect leads. Their state-of-the-art CRM with marketing automation can help you easily track those leads and efficiently communicate with them across your entire team. The system can even automatically follow up to your leads instantly. Knowing that your leads are getting contacted right away is an awesome feature. The best part is if you sign up now, you can get a free homeowner marketing list and a free owner landing page. On top of that is 60 day money back guarantee. Venturi makes it completely risk-free to try it out. They will even send you a $50 Amazon gift card just for taking a demo. To learn more, go to Venturi.com forward slash no BS. That's V-I-N-T-O-R-Y.com forward slash no BS. Or just mention that you heard about them on the No BS Short-Term Rental Podcast. Good. It's afternoon today, Mateo. Good afternoon. How are you? Afternoon, John. Doing fantastic, brother. How are you? Couldn't be better. Back for another episode of the No BS Short-Term Rental Podcast. Got an exciting guest today. Oh, yeah. Got another bank and some episodes. Things are good. I'm excited. No, this is uh, definitely want to give a shout out to everyone who's been listening to the No BS Short Term Rental Podcast. Uh, we are beyond uh, ecstatic for your support. Uh, continue to listen, continue to give us great feedback, and we will continue having conversations with amazing people like we're going to do today, right? Yeah, to kind of absolutely. And to kind of piggyback off of that, I want to go ahead and, and ensure, you know, or ask our, our listeners to go ahead. If you're enjoying this podcast, please go ahead and give us a like, go ahead and leave a review on Apple podcasts or Spotify or whatever you're downloading and listening to this podcast, please. That helps us out tremendously. We are growing exponentially and it's fantastic. And it's nice to, it's fun to watch our growth and to see the downloads and listenership go up. But with that, we need some, uh, and all our reviews so far have been amazing. Knock on wood. I'm not going to really do it, but, uh, you know, let's, uh, Let's keep it going. Uh, and, you know, without further ado, we do have an amazing guest today. The one, the only, Neely Khan. She is a, uh, well, we'll let her kind of introduce herself and what she does, but she joins us from across the pond, which in which we love our, our guests from, from across the pond. And uh, Neely, thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. I really, I'm really excited to be here. I really appreciate it. Thank you. So uh, to answer your first question, my name is Neely and I am a writer. That's the best way to describe myself. Um, I've always known I wanted to be a writer ever since I was a little girl. And every time I get into an Uber and the cab driver asks me, you know, when they make small talk and they're like, oh yeah, so what do you do for a living? I love telling 
people that I'm a writer because it is like childhood goal ticked. So I have, um, I'm specifically, I'm a hospitality writer. So I work with hospitality companies and I help them create brand stories so that they can better connect with their guests or their customers. Well, that's amazing too, because if I, when I get an Uber and I'm going to the airport and I'm going, you know, they're like, Hey, what do you do for a living? And I try to explain what I do. And it's, it's always like, they get it, but they don't, they're like, really? So, so, so you work, you know, you do Airbnb. Well, not exactly. You know, and and then they get it, and then they don't. Um, but yeah, I and truly, as a, as a child, I never said, you know, I really want to grow up and and sell products into the vacation rental space. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, you know, when I grew up, the vacation rental space wasn't even a thing. Well, it was, but it wasn't called that. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's that's in, that's exciting, truly. Like, check it it, that's one hundred percent. It's yeah, it's great. I'm very happy doing what I do. But with that said, yeah, you, not, you know, you said you wanted to go, you know, as a child, you want, you always knew you wanted to be a writer, but how do you get into, how do you go from wanting to be a writer to actually becoming one, you know, because it's, it's, it's very different than wanting to do something as a child than actually, you know, manifesting mm-hmm. it into like what you want to do. Like, I think I, th- I wanted to be a downhill ski racer. Um, I wanted, you know, you know, your fr- most of your friends want to be a policeman or a fireman, you know, these are things that you want to do as a child, but you don't actually manifest it. Um, how does that, how does that happen? And then a step further, how do you get into this industry, this vertical of short-term rentals and vacation rentals and holiday lets? Yeah. So that's a great question. I suppose you could say it was, it was quite boring in, in, in the sense that I had complete tunnel vision. So it was the only thing that I wanted to do. I remember the first time I told my dad, my pops about it. And my, my dad has always been extremely academic minded. So, you know, when I told him, he was very much like, okay, so you need to go to college and you need to go to university. And then he would make me read like an insane amount of textbooks, which actually is, is not helpful at all in the way that he used to do it. So while I was kind of going through that process academically, and I was quite lucky in the fact that I was academically quite bright. So I managed to kind of get by very well in school. And then I ended up going to the University of Cambridge. I was very, very fortunate. And there, obviously, I studied English because it seems like the obvious choice. But while I was doing all of the academic stuff, because it's not actually the academics that I don't think that, you know, it's a bit of a controversial statement to make. I'm not at all saying that, you know, academic education is not important, but obviously you need the outside experience too. Mm -hmm. So I used to do a lot of uh, creative writing around that. I never stopped writing stories. I never stopped writing poetry. Poetry is my best, my favorite kind of creative writing. I started performing spoken word and slam poetry because I think it's just such a beautiful, expressive form of art. And then while I was studying at university, I started writing for various publications. And then I started working in hospitality part-time too. And working in hospitality really helped me exercise a different part of my personality. I've, I'd grown up in this sort of bubble, like again, very academic bubble with rules were everywhere and things like that. I was very much an introvert. I didn't have very many friends. And working- Wait, 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 wait. time out, time out. Uh, yeah. So you're an introvert with not many friends that does spoken word. Yeah. Right. Like, that's like, 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 like <laughs> that's almost a con. That's kind of an oxymoron or contradiction here. Well, you know, it's really. You don't play with it. You do it. She posted like, about it the other day. For you go daily to the <laughs> coffee shop where they do oh. like they got an open mic. 
I, my imagination is like this is a pretty live coffee shop. My coffee shop's pretty boring. The, oh. the best you get is people yelling <laughs> at the counter over each other, or somebody in the corner <laughs> rapping to themselves. Like, like that's the most entertaining. Oh, that sounds like fun too. That sounds like fun too. But, um, people watching fun, but people watching it's fun. Yeah, I mean, I think there's a common misconception, isn't there, where people think if you're an introvert, then you're shy, and I'm not shy. I've never been shy. I've always been very comfortable if I know I'm, you know, if I'm really into something. So doing things like spoken word. And to me, it felt like my way of sort of expressing myself. And the reason why I love writing and storytelling in particular is I always say to people that it's not just the stories, it's the characters and the worlds I create in the stories. They become a byproduct of my thoughts, my feelings and the messages I want to share with the world which is actually quite hard for me to do um, without having that writing and the stories as a vehicle. And I think everybody can do that because story, stories is such a powerful way of just getting a message across and whatever it is that you want to get across. So for me, writing and storytelling has always been a very personal, incredibly, incredibly personal thing. So when it came to deciding what it is that I wanted to do as a career, there was just no question about it. But going back to my first job in hospitality, I'm sorry if I'm kind of going off on a tangent. Oh, no, I, yeah, I, de <laughs> I derailed you. So it's it's my fault. <laughs> it's all right. Blame John. It's all right. I'm sorry. But um, yeah, so I, I got my job in hospitality. I continued to study and I was 22 years old and I fell pregnant, um, which, you know, I wasn't prepared for. And it's really funny because when I moved to Cambridge, my very strict father said to me, whatever you do, don't come back pregnant. And that's exactly oh, what no. I did. So, yeah. Well, you know. um, yeah. So, it, it happens. It does happen. It happens oh, a lot. <laughs> um, so, I didn't tell my parents for um, nine months because I was terrified. Uh, and I was like, I got this. It's okay. You know, carried on with university, carried on writing. And then eventually, obviously, my parents found out. And then two weeks later, I gave birth. Um, oh, wow. My plan was, it's okay, because the later they find out, the less time they'll have to be angry with me. So that was how I was kind of thinking logical. about it. <laughs> yes, it's logical thinking, right? right. Um, so I realized very soon after I had Sophia, my daughter, who's 10 years old now, that I was going to be a single mom. So I moved back home to be closer to my parents. And I continued working in hospitality because I needed the money. And, you know, I, I like the industry. I've always liked the industry. And it was when Sophia turned two years old and, you know, I just kind of woke up one morning and I thought to myself, I want to be an example to my daughter. I want to spend time with her. There's no point me not pursuing something that I've always wanted to do. And actually having Sophia, as cliched as it sounds, was the ultimate push so I went to work that day and I said very politely to my manager thank you it's been great but I'm not going to come in tomorrow and I would not recommend this to anyone because afterwards what I did was I had no savings we were living in a really awful horrible place we don't have that much money um I had no plan I had no business contacts never been in business before you know come from a completely completely different world and I thought I'm just gonna write until somebody pays enough attention to actually give me money for it and that is what I did so the first thing I did was I created some videos shared it on Facebook because it's a free platform and the only platform I knew how to use and I started sharing stories can you 
can you go ahead and just kind of put it again? I, you might have you did mention this, but can you put a timeline to that again? So w- when was this at like time frame wise when you were actually started sharing stories on Facebook? How many years ago? This would have been so if Sophia was three years old, it would have been about seven years ago. Okay. So that's when I started. So six or seven years ago, maybe six years. Yeah, six years ago. Sorry, I've got my numbers confused. That's when I left my job. And the first thing I did was um, started sharing videos on Facebook. And actually, I used the spoken word stuff that I like. And I performed like weird slam poetry pieces. And people seemed to like it because not many other people were doing it at the time. And then people started contacting me within the city. I was living in, in Birmingham. And I got inv- invited to networking events and things like that. So, you know, I didn't have any childcare or anything like that. So I would take Sophia with me to all of the networking meetings, to all of my meetings, and she would just be there in her buggy and stuff. And, you know, it kind of started off in that way. I started off writing content for dog grooming websites and construction companies, which was not what I had in mind, obviously. I had this whole idea of, I'm gonna become a writer, it is gonna be great, and I'm gonna just skip along into the sunset. But that did not happen, and I did that. I was writing content for for companies like that, just doing website rewrites, charging 15 pounds an hour, maybe. Right, not enough. Not enough, (laughs) no, working an insane amount of hours, not making enough money to to pay for rent. Um, And we did that for about two and a half years. I moved home with Sophia about six or seven times within that space because we kept getting evicted because I couldn't keep up with the rent. Um, and everybody used to say to me, my family used to say to me, why don't you just give up and get a normal job? And that used to, I knew they meant it with good intent, but that for me felt like the worst thing they could have said to me. Um, or so maybe, I just, maybe it was the, the best thing, like if you're yeah. retrospectively looking at it, it's going to go ahead and, and continue with that drive, which you already had, obviously, mm. but someone to say that, well, you can be like, well, F this, you know, <laughs> I'm going to do this. I'm going to, I'm going to push through it. I think that's exactly what it was. I think it was because, you know, they were saying to me, it's not going to happen. If, if it, I remember my dad saying to me, he said, you've, you've gone to university, you have such a great education, you know, you can just go off and get a job. Um, and it was the fact that people were saying to me, you know, you can't do it. I think that maybe, which I think is the case for most um, entrepreneurs and business people. It seems to be a common trait that I think we all have. So, yeah, I did that for about two and a half years. And then I within that, I feel like if you stick at something long enough and you're actually genuinely have a skill and a talent there and you're consistent, eventually things start falling into place. So, you know, then I started getting better quality clients and it kind of started sort of building from there and my first client within the short-term rental space was a person called Chris Morn of IPRAC and he contacted me during a very difficult time in my life and I would say that was the beginning of this success that you know or success as I sort of perceived it to be back then yeah Well, it, it's yeah. funny you mentioned Chris because I was actually just looking up because uh, I'm like yeah. I knew I know you're working with him and this some we want Chris on the on the show. So Chris, when you're listening, oh, to this, okay. I know you will be listening. You'll be you will be on the show um, in the somewhat near soon. future, uh, soon for sure. And you can you can you know with with your and Chris's relationship, you can just kind of brag to him that hey like hey I got on the No BS Short Term Rental podcast before you did. I you know? I know. There we are. That's take over there, isn't it? Yeah, I will. Yeah, I will be finding that. Stuff, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. 
Yeah, no, but Chris would be great to have. Chris is, um, I mean, Chris is a phenomenal person. I can't talk about my journey without mentioning Chris. Um, he messaged me one day on LinkedIn to say, why don't you come up to Cannes and, you know, write a travel publication and I'll take care of the costs. And, you know, I was thinking to myself because I was, things were as bad as they could have gotten for me at that point. And I was like, this sounds too good to be true, you know, but I literally had nothing to lose. So I borrowed a suitcase and I borrowed some money from my sister. So I had money to eat while I was up there. And I met Chris and that really was the beginning of lots of amazing things for me, I think, within that specific part of the industry. So talk, talk to us about that. You know, so, so now, now you're in the, the short-term let space, you're doing some content writing, you're, you're doing some stuff against like, like how did that, you know, so you've opened this new door, you have clients that are now, you know, and I don't like you had good clients, but you have clients that are like, that the content you're writing is is more in line with with you know stuff that yeah. you actually want to write about yeah. you know yeah. like how you know what did this do for you as far and like you're talking like you've been barely getting along and you're mm. getting by not getting along and you know you're struggling and in and out with your folks you know what was flipped for you at the, and at that point that is now i mean because i I'm on LinkedIn and I see you popping mm-hmm. up everywhere. I see other people talking positively about you and your services and what you're doing. I've read, I've read a lot of your content. It's fantastic. Um, yeah. but, you know, talk a little bit about that. Oh, thank you. That's very kind of you to say, you know, it's, it's really quite difficult for me to explain this without seeming like I'm, you know, trying to be like arrogant, which I'm completely not. I think as far as the mindset was concerned, when Chris, when I started working with people like Chris and sort of clients within that space, the fear for me was never I wouldn't be able to deliver because I'd been doing it for so long. It's the only thing I'd been doing. So where the actual content creation, the writing was concerned, I was actually very comfortable. The fact that I had no business experience was actually, I think, an advantage for me because it meant that I wasn't falling into the same kind of patterns. Um, you know, I wasn't sharing I didn't fall into the trap of sharing like regurgitated jargon and things like that. The fact that I had a lot of experience in creative fiction writing, um, you know, which forms a huge part of my work now actually really helped me. So when I started working with, with bigger clients, it just felt so comfortable and so right. And if anything, it just made me feel even more sort of, I mean, it's scary, obviously, because when you work with certain people and, you know, you you enter certain circles, the expectations obviously get bigger. And I think what was more difficult for me was the financial mindset, because I'd kind of made peace with being a struggling writer or an aspiring writer, because I didn't even see myself as a writer, because in my mind, you're a writer if you've had something published, if you've got your name on a book, because that's what I'd always been taught. And it was that part of it that I was struggling with. So I was struggling to charge more. I was struggling to kind of like put myself out there and be like, you know, you should work with me and you should pay me this much for it. And that's been really difficult for me. And if I'm honest, that's still quite difficult for me now because I'm so personally and emotionally invested in what I do. Sometimes realizing what's a passion and what's commercial business can be quite difficult. So I would say that was the biggest challenge during that time and during that point but it was great because then I niched into storytelling I realized that there was a gap in that market again as cliched as it sounds a lot of people were talking about storytelling 
Um, and I still feel that I feel this way even now that a lot of people weren't really understanding it, the psychology behind it, the science behind it. A lot of people think storytelling is talking about yourself and sticking it on the about section of your website. And that's it. That's your storytelling done. And, you know, I have I had so many ideas and I still do. So I just felt really excited to kind of bring in something new and fresh and I felt like I'd kind of been through a really, really shitty time in my language. I'm sorry. Um, it so is I felt no bullshit short term rental podcast. You can well, have- it is called the No Bullshit Short Term Rental Podcast. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, that was sort of. I don't know if I really answered your question, but that was those were my feelings during that process. It's it's interesting that that's what you you know hearing it come from you, right? Because you know a lot of times when we see people's journey from the outside looking in, you know we see two points. We see where they start, mm-hmm. we see where they end up, but we don't really get the where you know the, the meat of the heart and like where most of the hard work, the formation yeah. really comes from, right? The the things that give you the confidence and your skill, and you know the the things that also require your courage. To number one, you know, promote what you're doing in an honest and vulnerable way, right? Like, and, you know, keeping yourself honest and keeping yourself motivated, right? Like other people don't see, you know, your self-motivation, right? Like mm-hmm. things that you do to encourage yourself to push yourself forward and, and to, yeah, rely on the skill set that you have, but also to push it into new areas and identify new, you know, opportunities for you to continue to do what you do well. Right. Yeah. And to, to understand what that value is and the, the financial piece makes sense, because I don't think a lot of people like I know artists. So it's interesting to see how and I consider like creative writing and art. Right. Because I can't do that. Like I probably suck at that if I was to sit here and write and tell you a story. Now, if we're going to rap now or do something like that, John and I could probably do something that would make <laughs> sense. But and I say that jokingly. Um, but no, in all seriousness, though, like having to value, you know, put a value on what you do and the quality of what you do, I think gets overlooked. That's incredibly hard and important. Uh, it's important, incredibly hard. and takes a massive amount of courage to stand behind the product that you put out. So I think, you know, that's what I get when I see your brand and I see when you're, you know, even the stuff that you push on LinkedIn, that's, you know, that's encouraging to other people that, you know, again, that's encouraging to other artists and encouraging to yourself that that vulnerability and what it really mm-hmm. takes to put that out there. That's a big thing. And I think, but I also think it's honest because it, you know, yeah. even a consumer, I'm like, wow, that's a hook. Like I can see that and I appreciate that because I know mm-hmm. that's real. Right. Or I know that's intentional. I know that, you know, there's, there's a lesson or something that I'm actually yeah. getting from that. So yeah. I love that. I love that. I, I mean, it's really, it's really interesting because you've pretty much proved something that I say to people all the time. You know, so many people in my life call me a wordsmith. I mean, they say, and I'm good with words. And I always say to them, that's not the case at all. You know, the words are just a tool um, to be a storyteller and to do what I do. You, you need to have a way with feelings. You need to understand emotions. You need to understand what triggers people and how to, I mean, you use the word yourself, hook. Um, you know, it's all about sort of, yeah, hooking people, having the right positive, getting the right positive emotion, emotional reaction out of them. And the words are actually just a tool um, that you use because I don't have access to a secret treasure trove of special words that nobody else does. You know, I use the same words as everybody else, but it's understanding the psychology behind it. And again, you know, that's why I love storytelling because again, I feel like a lot of people could do with leveraging it even more 
everything that you've mentioned just now about the LinkedIn posts, it's, you know, it's just been me sharing my own experiences Mm -hmm. and it's how I've found clients. It's how I've, I think, found opportunities for myself. Um, I'm not like a business hotshot or anything like that, but most of my business comes from LinkedIn and it comes from, you know, the kind of posts that you've just mentioned now, you know, about being honest and authentic and staying true to yourself, but also being intelligent about it too and making sure you understand how to link the service or the product that you're offering. Actually, not even the service or the products that you're offering, but the benefits of the service and the products you're offering to right. people. The end result. Yeah. Yeah. I have a, I have a question for you, Neely. Um, when, and, you know, when you're looking at other other content that that you haven't written or or the content that is like half ass put out there and you're <laughs> like like I, I used to be a, a web designer in a in a previous life and yeah. I, I'd look at websites that were designed horribly and I'll be like oh it, it would just it would it would it would pain me and I like I don't understand like why they would do certain things a certain way and it just Ooh. didn't make any sense. What are if we're talking specifically to short-term rental space because that's that's our focus of this, you know of this podcast, you know, what are people sucking at as far as put the content they're putting out? Like what, like, like, like be brutally, you don't call anybody out, but like, like what could people be doing a hell of a lot better and mm. like, like spinning it a different way? Like, like, like there's some shit out there. So like, let's call it out without calling anybody out. And like, how can we make it better? Yeah. Oh, I love that question. So the first, first thing I would have to say is that there's a lot of ego and there's a lot of self-indulgence where copy and content is concerned, particularly on website copy. So if you think of a short-term rentals, you know, homepage, um, and the first bit of text you see on the homepage is welcome to this, 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 and we are this, this, and this, which is great. Don't get me wrong. It's, It's fantastic. But, you know, you have to understand that the essence of our industry and hospitality in general is serving other people. We have a beautiful saying in our culture. I'm from India. Uh, the guest is God's Atiti Devo Pava. And that means centering everything around your guests and the people that you serve. So when I see copy, and I see this pretty much every day, I'm sure you do too, because yeah. like you said, you're a website designer, you are a website designer. When people are just continuously talking about themselves, and it's so basic, it's such a basic thing, you know, it's something that every copywriter I think would tell you not to do but there is still so much of it the a real lack of focus on the guest the first thing I do when somebody asks me to take a look at their website um, one of the quick services I offer is I'll sort of maybe rewrite it we completely sort of shift the website copy so everything is centered around the guest even something like you know read our reviews we would change that to something like will you become our next happy guest, you know? So it's not about us, it's about you. It's about inviting you to be the hero of this amazing story. And the brand is just the guide to help the hero, which is the guest, if that makes sense. That's the first thing. Uh, The second thing I would say is just people getting by on just really sloppy, um, just sloppy writing. Um, The sloppy can be defined in two ways, as far as I'm concerned. The first would be just... I mean, again, it's so basic, not checking for things like readability or maybe really overcomplicating it with jargon, with um, cliched terms like a home away from home. 
um, you know, stuff like that. Um, and, you know, there's, again, there's nothing wrong with it, but, you know, we live in such a noisy world, unfortunately. There's so much competition out there. Um, you know, people, you know, using adjectives like amazing instead of something a little bit more specific that's actually telling people about your property, you know, stuff like that. And, you know, mm -hmm. it's not really necessarily anyone's fault because not everybody really knows how to look for these things. But yeah, those are the things I look at and I do kind of secretly cringe. Sometimes I very publicly cringe. It depends on how I'm feeling. So <laughs> I love yeah. I love that answer. And yeah. <laughs> the publicly cringe. So yeah, yeah so I am the, the the butt of all cringe for my so I have two, I have almost three teenagers now. And mm -hmm. anytime my kids my kids say the word cringe, they're talking about me, probably <laughs> action that I said to something that they yeah. Mm -hmm. just, but I know I love that. And I, and I appreciate you putting that out there because these are, you know, like, how do you differentiate yourself and how do you differentiate your product and what you're putting out there? And, and there is, you know, I know for a fact that, you know, the content that we're putting out there, uh, like as far as like words for even describing our, our podcasts are like, I'm sure if you were to read them, you're like, holy hell. You know, it's like me, like oh. trying to figure out, figure out what, what to write. And now we have someone that's helping us, which is great. Um, mm. But it's, it's hard. It's not easy if this isn't what you do. And if, yeah. and if like, mm -hmm. like, and we have to look at these property managers in a way, you know, that's, that's their first, their, mm. that's their job. And they're wearing so many hats. And now they're also supposed to go ahead and make listings. And they're also yeah. supposed to go ahead and figure out how to go ahead. If they're not just Airbnb hosts, how do you go ahead and you now tie this all into a nice bow into a, in like a property management software, like an actual website. Mm. Right. It's hard. I, I couldn't imagine. Oh, well, Mateo's doing it right now with, you know, <laughs> you, a, you have a small, you know, you know, it's. Yeah. We're late. Yeah. Yeah, it's and, and also because content is so subjective, isn't it? Writing in general is so subjective. You know, not everything I'm saying is, you know, 100% correct, is it? A lot of it will be based on my opinion and how I interpret things. Um, some of it is a question of it's either right or wrong, but some of it is, you know, it's a cultural thing. It's a depends on your audience, mm -hmm. depends on what the intelligence, you know, intelligence of your target audience is, you know, what your tone of voice is. There's so many different things to think about. Yeah. What, what medium are you writing for? Mm, you know, exactly. are you, are you, is this a, yeah. is this a yeah. text happy meeting or like, are, is this an Insta post or is this an mm -hmm. actual like website or a review or, you know, there, there's so many different things behind it, Definitely. you know, so you, you talked about getting into the space and you talked about doing, a, you know, some work and like, where, where is Neely going for Like your brand is Neely there, which I love, but nice <laughs> play on words, uh, you know, you're a, a travel and hospitality writer right now. Like you're, you're working half in the vacation rental or short-term let space and half in just hospitality in general and travel, correct? Mm -hmm. Yeah, like, yeah. where do you see yourself, your trajectory going? I am working on <clears throat> a really exciting project at the moment. And that is 100% what I'd like to be doing more of and where I see myself going. Um, so, again, it's a bit of a two-part answer. So the first bit would be to definitely, I'd really, I know it sounds really ambitious, but I'd really love to just drive the magic of storytellers, creative writers. I'm, I'm very big when it comes to, you know, I'm, I feel very 
deeply about representation within the short-term rental industry mm -hmm. because I've experienced firsthand how difficult it can be to break into an industry as such where you have lots of big names, we have lots of people who've already established themselves. Um, and when you're coming in with something new, especially as a creative person, um, because again, that's where my background is from. So the first part of my like goal mission would be just to drive that even more, create, help people not only use some of the sort of, I don't want to say teachings because that sounds so patronizing, but some of the insights that I offer, use storytelling to leverage their own sort of short-term rental businesses, but also to encourage other people who come from similar backgrounds, writers especially, it is so, so hard to make a living out of writing if you've not done it before in this industry. It's really not easy if you don't have any contacts. Mm -hmm. And so that is something I'd really love to work with other writers. I feel like I'm in a place now where I can start doing that. I'm very, very fortunate. Um, so that's something I would definitely like to continue looking at, continue speaking at events, continue inspiring people to, you know, it's, it's to kind of realize that actually everybody has the potential to tell great stories. You don't need to be the next Shakespeare or the next Oscar Wilde. You don't even need to be good at spelling. I'm awful at spelling. I'm mm. such a bad speller. Um, I'm not a very good proofreader. You know, you don't need to be all these things. The other side of it is I really want to develop um, more momentum where authorship and things like that is concerned. So the project I'm working on at the moment is a book um, for a hospitality brand, and it's a collection of fiction stories, but all the fiction stories have a moral which is linked to that particular hospitality brand, which I know I'm not, I know I'm not giving that much away. It's actually very commercial, but the way we've done it is very clever because we've wrapped fiction stories around the product. And when you attach a story to something, its value increases tenfold. There is so much research, so many case yeah. studies to back up. So we're doing that currently at the moment. It's such a creative project. I've got to create fiction characters and work with illustrators. It's still within the same industry. Um, so yeah, just work on more different things. Um, create. I love they, that. Uh, I can't wait to see like when you can actually reveal whatever your 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 top yeah. secret thing is here like this is pretty cool it is it's it's so cool it's taken you know we're, we're almost into our third year um but we'll be launching it hopefully this year and it's taken a very huge piece of me because when I started writing it um I was in a very different place emotionally financially and physically so yeah so more stuff like that you know just kind of I'm a very like, I like doing things differently. You know, I'm very much out of the box kind of a person. Um, if somebody works with me and all my clients I think would probably vouch for this again without sounding like I'm trying to be arrogant because I'm not, mm -hmm. but we like to, you know, I like to do things differently. You know, I like mixing things up. So I'd like to continue doing that. I feel like I'm still at a very early stage in my career and my business journey. So there's a very, very long way to go. So I'm just happy to be here. We're just happy yeah, to be here. I think that's awesome. Yeah, well, <laughs> and, you know, the bridge building concept. I love that you, you know, you are, you know, reaching back while you're pushing forward. And I think that's yeah. important, uh, you know, as, you know, promoters of diversity for this industry, you know, you know, one of the reasons we do this show is to talk to 
people uh, who actually make up this space and, and are the people that we work with and mm. have amazing stories and we're not all the same, right? Yeah. <laughs> we, we don't come from the same places. We're not driven by the same things. And so it's, it's good to hear, you know, with, you know, along, you know, here at along your journey that that part hasn't been lost and that it is about also you know, showing people what's capable and, and, you know, showing, you know, who, what, who you are, what your struggle is. So somebody, you know, who wants to be a writer yeah. and, and wants to write within this space can see that, oh, wow, wow look what she did, you know, in carving her niche in this space. Yeah. You know, it did, yeah. it, so what, that it wasn't there, make it there. Right. And that yeah. it can be done. So I think that's powerful. I want to definitely put a, put a highlight to that. Oh, yeah. I mean, fulfillment is everything. Again, you know, it sounds quite airy fairy, but you know, what is, you know, what is work without any kind of fulfillment? You know, we were talking about these coffee dives that I go to every other day for the spoken word events. I look at all of the talent on stage. There are some excellent writers. And I, I, I think to myself every day when I go there, you know, I wonder how much talent we're missing out on just because these people don't have a stage. Right. So I do feel sorry yeah. about them. Yeah. I want to yeah. do two things on this podcast that we've never done before um, and with you. Uh, so, and, and you don't have to agree to either one of them, but this is what I'd like to do. I, I know we're getting towards the end here. So, but when I, what I'd like to do is if you have, these are my two, my two asks. If you mm -hmm. have something spoken word or slam poetry that you could go ahead and perform for us on the, on the podcast before we end, that would be amazing. That's number one. And number two, this is kind of more of like an A-B testing. I want to see what this, what this does. I would like for you to look at some of our podcast synopsis like that we write. And I want okay. you to write yeah. this episode's write-up. Oh, nice. Oh, I love so that. I want you to write what you think that, that would be like compelling and like for the podcast, look at some examples of the, the crap I put out and then, and, but you write it for us, you know, and we'll say, you know, Neely wrote this, you know, what, you know, however we want to do it, but I, I would love for it to come from you if, if you're cool with both of those things. No pressure then. I love that. No, I, I love, I love the fact that you've asked. Yeah, absolutely fine to do the second one. The first one, I'm just looking for something I can read. I have an, an Instagram, so my Instagram page is Neely underscore Khan, and it's basically just a grid of poems. Um, and I don't know if they, you know, I should maybe warn you, it's got a lot of curse words and stuff oh, in it. We don't give a fuck. <laughs> yeah, okay. Just anybody right. else who wants to check it out. Um, I'm, seeing if I can, <laughs> I'm seeing if I can find something that I can read to you because it's been a while. I don't remember them off by heart. So usually when I go and perform, um, I'll sort of spend a few minutes trying to remember it because there are so many of them. But there's one in particular, which is really, really ideal what we've been talking about. So this is quite a short one. Um, it's probably less than two minutes long. Perfect. Um, I'm going to read it because I haven't performed this one in a very long time, but I'll try and read it in a way that I would imagine myself performing it. It's basically about um, what it's like to be a writer. I cannot rest until I am bleeding. There are yet a thousand sealed wounds that are aching to burst from my veins and the remains. I shall use them to sign my name. I nearly had to die to be read, but that is a reasonable compromise. We all have to leave one day. Anyway, may as well leave as a poet than a pity, rights of an entire earth than a city, or worse, a town where nothing happens and everybody sleeps. 
no thank you i would rather bleed love it, it. Yeah. i feel like i read that really quickly but that's just a yeah no thank yeah. you so much yeah that was dope that was, thank that you was, that was for awesome. asking me it, well, yeah, if you they, like that kind of stuff it's all on instagram yeah, yeah, we'll we'll, we'll go ahead and we'll, we'll leave a link out too. on the on the podcast. We'll also go ahead and leave a link for uh, you're nearly there, uh, the, so so people can go ahead and get in contact with you. They want to go ahead and maybe utilize your services or whatever. Thank you so much for joining us today. This has been fantastic, Neely. Well, thank you for having me. I really appreciate it, both of you. Thank you so much.